friends and welcome to another episode of the roadie roundtable podcast brought to you by lakeside players my name is norgy and i'm alex and thank you for joining us um as we have been focusing the last couple of episodes uh today we're talking about avenue q some more we're joined by a few members of the cast um we have brian who plays Brian. Brian in the show. <laughs> uh, we have Christina here who plays uh, one of the Gary Coleman's in the show. And then we have Jacob who plays one of the Bad Idea Bears. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been discussing is just sort of telling us about yourselves and how you um, came to be involved with Lakeside Players and maybe even Avenue Q if this is your first show here. And like other theater experience you might have. Right. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll start. Hello, everyone. This is Brian. I got. I guess I could say that I got started with the Lakeside Players about four months or so ago. I was just scrolling through uh, Facebook, just looking at different audition opportunities and I saw a lovely audition opportunity for Charlie Brown Christmas, hosted by none other than Norji himself. Um, Directed, you mean? Yeah, I guess <laughs> you could say that. Um, but ever since being a part of that production, I've been uh, super grateful to continue on with Avenue Q here a couple months later. Um, I've enjoyed doing theater for a long time. I had a lot of experiences in high school um, involving Beauty and the Beast, Chicago, Oklahoma, lots of those kind of staple productions. But this is my first musical that I've been doing in about five years because I took a big college break. So it's really nice to be back. Nice. Uh, Christina, how about you? What's, uh, what's your theater experience and how'd you come to be involved with the roadie? Um, my theater experience started when I was in um, middle school. Uh, my first show was Joseph, and then did shows in high school at Bradford, and then took a break from theater. And I went back into theater by volunteering at a children's theater. And then I started roadie. Um, I came here to Lakeside Players last season um, during Adam's Family was my first show here, and then I did Wizard of Oz, and then from there, Beauty and the Beast. And then this season, I started with um, Blythe Spirit as my first straight show ever, and then went to Charlie Brown, and then auditioned for Avenue Q. So were you on stage for Adam's Family? Yes, I was a... um, an ancestor. I don't know why I didn't know that. I thought you started with Wizard of Oz last season. I didn't know you were in Adams. Oh yeah, no. Uh, Adams Families was my first show, and then and then Wizard of Oz. Surprise! That's where I met you. Right. <laughs> nice. Um, Jacob, how about you? Um, tell us about your um, 
theater experience and how you came to the roadie? Well, yeah, I started um, in high school and I was in smaller shows, uh, Pajama Game and Pippin and... Two really good shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say they're probably smaller compared to the other ones that I've done um, after more into my adult career. But um, yeah, I've been in a lot of other shows and a lot of other places, community theaters around the area. At least I've been to the. Uh, this is obviously Lakeside Players, mm-hmm. uh, Lakeland Players, and mm-hmm. Elkhorn, and around Milwaukee. But um, yeah. Just love theater ever since um, I was in high school. So. Have you done anything out in Burlington at Haylofters? Um, I did a, I did Joseph and the Amazing Tim McCarthy Dreamcoat down there with Jenny actually, who's the director here too. So um, that's how I actually figured out about this show. I think a couple people in Avenue Q uh, are were also in Joseph too, right? Yeah, I think um, I know Jason, Aaron, who plays one of our. Rods, rods, rods uh-huh. yes. Almost said Nikki, not Nikki. Um, but yeah, he was in Joseph as well. Dedrick yeah. was, I believe, as well. No, Dedrick, yes. I saw, I I saw, I saw one of the performances. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was a great production. That's a show I really want to do. Like, I would love to be in. Joseph? Yeah. Um, and I, it's one of those shows where, like, I wouldn't want to be Joseph. I would want to be one of the brothers. I really want to be the brother that gets either that really funky country song or um the the fun hawaiian sounding song um i think and not that there was a bad song in the production that i saw um at haylofters but um those canaan nights was my favorite song in the entire production it was just a lot of fun and there, the guys sang it really really well and there were great harmonies so um i'm not familiar enough with the show to say i'd want to be this part or that part it's just a really good show I did it just this past summer at um, Chapel on the Hill in uh, Lake Geneva, and that was my third time being in Joseph and Amazing Technicolor Dream Cult. Which I saw that, and you know, I was in shows with you, and I knew you could dance, but that's such a dance-heavy show, uh-huh. and the entire time I was like, Christina is really killing me, and it wasn't <laughs> like easy looking choreography that choreography looked tough and you were really killing it so i was very impressed with that Uh, thanks so um we we talked with uh jenny and joe uh the director and music director um respectively for this production and so i want to ask all of you um a similar question that we asked them which was tell us about the audition process for you and what your mindset was going into it because um Brian and and Christina, you are two of three characters in the show that are human characters. Everyone else is a puppet character. And then, Jacob, you're playing one of the Bad Idea Bear puppets. But um, tell us what sort of drew you to Avenue Q and what the uh, audition process was like for you and sort of leading you into uh, getting involved with the production. Yeah, so I could say probably what most people thought about this show before going into the audition process is that um, if you've ever seen characters on like Sesame Street or The Muppets or any of the actual actors in those movies and such, 
all of them tend to be animated in a source or they have that kind of energy that ex- um, that they can exert that makes them feel sure like animated characters or really goofy, fun-loving, mem- memorable characters. So with whatever role that I was going to end up getting in this show, all I know is that I needed to bring full, funny, goofy energy. But considering the... Uh, the themes that are presented in this show that you also got to bring a little maturity into it as well. Or, well, that could mean multiple things, but... <laughs> was it a, a strange transition for you to go from playing such a huh. um, sweet, innocent, childlike character of Charlie Brown to now being Brian, who is not so much any innocent (laughs) surprisingly uh it wasn't that much of a challenging thing for me to do for if there's anything i love in theater is getting to be dynamic and whether that is like a huge contrast in between roles it really can set a sort of precedent to um be experienced in multiple different types of roles and being able to pick up something right away and it just leaves a way for that, like, you can't be, live theater can never be boring for you. Yeah, it, it, it was two opposite ends of the spectrum to go from playing an, an iconic character like Charlie Brown to playing Brian in the show, who may have the mind of a child, but also, um, you know, um, is a completely uh, different sort of 180 from what Charlie Brown is, so... Um, not that, and I, sh- I should correct myself, Brian isn't, doesn't have the mind of a child, but he's a little bit immature, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Everyone's it's, a little bit immature sometimes. <laughs> now I just get to do it without shame. Right. <laughs> it's funny because um, in thinking about Charlie Brown, he's a lot closer to the Princeton character because Charlie Brown, at least when I saw the, a Charlie Brown Christmas, the whole show was him trying to figure out like, what is Christmas to me? And right. what is, and Princeton's very much like, what's my purpose? What is, so it's interesting. I, I hadn't drawn that parallel until now. Um, but it's cool to see, cause we actually spoke with Alyssa on one of our previous episodes. Um, and we were talking about how Christmas Eve and Brian are kind of two sides of a coin where Christmas Eve is very pragmatic. She kind of has things figured out, but things are not necessarily working. Whereas Brian is the passionate one. He's the one that's like, I have this dream. I want to go for it. I'm going to just pursue this, even though it means he's not employed a lot. Um, They're kind of two opposite ends, which is fun for my character because I'm lost. So on the one end, I have kind of my shoulder angel, which is Christmas Eve saying, do this, do this. And then I have Brian on the other side where I'm looking at him and I'm like, you know, I should, I could go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. It makes it really easy to be in a show like that. Cause, uh, well, I mean, I, I think I could probably share since we're all in the same uh, booth uh, recording this right now is that, uh, what I can offer to a show uh, makes it easier to be a part of it when you can somewhat relate to the character. Yeah. And I would say I'm almost probably the exact same age as uh, Alex, your character, Princeton. 
in the show. I'm 22 years old, going on 23 real soon, and I'm almost in a very similar situation as him right now. I'm planning to go to an interview right after we're done with this. So, And I'm actually Brian's age. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that funny? I think... I think you know, for, for Brian in the show, it, and we talked about this a lot with Alyssa and even with Joe and, and Jenny, the relatability of a lot of these characters. And I think that that Brian is a very relatable character, especially for theater people, because you're like, this is my passion. This is my dream. I'm just going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't care if people don't like it. I don't care if people think it stinks. I'm just, I'm just going to go out there and give it a thousand percent. And there's a couple of parts in the show where Brian really just puts it all out there and, and you know, it's a little bit silly, but like he's pursuing his passions and you can't fault someone for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not murder. <laughs> um, what about you, Christina? Tell us about, uh, um, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I too forgot what the question was. <laughs> oh, the audition process. I got so yes. into the conversation. I'm yep. like, yep. That's why I was like, um, what, what, what were you talking about? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm very interested in your response. Yeah. And, and also, uh, Christina was also in the production of Charlie Brown's Christmas that we did here alongside Brian. So, um, to go from, a very innocent family childlike show to now playing someone in this show who's based on a real person. And most people, even if they're not terribly familiar with his work, Gary Coleman was a child star. He was on different strokes for a long time and um, it sort of plagued his career because he couldn't find work outside of doing that role because different strokes was sort of uh always attached to his um, personality and his career and his life. So, um, but yeah, tell us about the audition process and going from Charlie Brown playing Patty to uh, playing Gary Coleman in in this production. So um, going into Avenue Q, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I saw that that there was auditions coming up for Avenue Q. Um, I wasn't planning on auditioning at all. Uh, a friend said I should go for Gary Coleman. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what the show is about. And then I just know it's about um, puppets on stage doing things. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> We're going to sell out on that description. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, um, like, r- right before Charlie Brown was done, um, everyone kept asking, am I going to audition? And I said, no, no. And then I decided to watch the show. I was like, I'll watch it online. I um, turned on my tablet and I started watching the opening number. And at some point I fell asleep because when I woke back up, we were on a train or something like that. They were on a train. And I just texted my friend. I said, okay, I'll audition for the show. <laughs> and then um, and I signed up and everything for the show. And um, at one point, I went back to start watching it, and I got to, I was like, oh, my God. I sing. If the part she wants me to audition for, they, they, the puppets are... 
doing stuff. Starts doing stuff on stage. And I was like, oh, no, never mind, not doing that. And then I was like, well, how do I tell her no? I'll just go to auditions. I'm not going to get the part anyways. Well, then I went to auditions because she helped me because we had already set up a time to um, go over the, the audition number that I wanted to do. Um, and we did that. And I went to auditions. And I was like, okay. Oh, there's other parts. Oh, I like the bad idea bears. I was after I wrote Gary Coleman on it, but I didn't know any other parts. But after going through audition, I was like, oh, that, that's a good character. Um, when we had callbacks, and I was like, maybe I'll change it to Bad Idea Bears. And I was like, oh, and she had me read for it. And I was so excited. I was like, she, I'm gonna do a, be a Bad Idea Bear because she had me read for it. And I was like, oh, okay, and I liked it. And then she was like, Gary Coleman, and I was like, huh. Wasn't expecting it. I was kind of expecting a different character, which is fine because I, I like Gary Coleman after getting used to it. But it's so a character that I never would have ever thought about playing because it's definitely not me yeah, at all. I was very surprised to find out you were going to audition for this. Um, and then when I found out that you were going to be one of our Gary Coleman's, I was like, I wonder if she knows she has to say the F word. I did not. I only knew that you only, I only knew that some of the songs, that one song and with the puppets doing things on stage. And I only knew that. And then as we were doing our read through, I was like, Oh my God, there's so many things in here. Yeah. He cusses so much. (laughs) And, and for some context, Christina does not cuss like in your normal life. You are, you're very like, you just don't, I don't see the need to curse at all. I don't, I don't see why. So (laughs) my favorite thing is watching her fall away from God (laughs) as she performs in this show. (laughs) Because Gary does have a lot of, um, very, Gary is kind of the jaded one on the street who is, as we said, much like the real Gary Coleman, we poke fun a lot about how Gary never was able to kind of break away from that. Playing Arnold in different strokes. Right. And how it kind of affected his life. And so he's kind of the jaded. In fact, he sings a whole song about um, taking joy from other people's pain and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's fun to see you play this role because again it is so far outside of anything i would even consider for you but i will say especially within the last week the way you've kicked up your sass and also miss thing where was this voice in Blythe Spirit when I was trying to get you to talk louder? And meanwhile, you're in this show just belting out for the back row. Shots fired. <laughs> I will say that, um, you know, and I've, I've only known you as long as I've been here, Christina, because I, I started doing stuff here with uh, Wizard of Oz doing sound and stuff like that. But, you know, the, this, this show, this character is a departure from the kind of person you are. And I don't think it's a bad thing. And, and I don't think that, that um, it, 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 it's an indictment of the kind of person you are. And, and for those of you who don't know, Gary Coleman was a very um, animated, um, outspoken personality. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, one of the things in the show is, yeah, it gets poked fun at a lot, but there's a very subtle line in the show that Gary Coleman has about, um, you know, walking out of the door and, and, and having some dignity. And I think that that's, um, 
really important because um, Gary Coleman, who who died of uh, a brain aneurysm um, about a decade ago, I, if if I remember correctly, um, the one thing about his life that was sad was that he um, really, really tried to move on from being, you know, Arnold from different strokes, and many he was jobs, right, many things. right, and he was never able to get away from that, and so, you know. I don't know, and I'm sure it's out there. Gary Coleman obviously had to give his blessing to um, be parodied in the show, and I'm actually kind of surprised that he didn't play himself in the show. But um, the show typically has a female playing Gary Coleman because there are some um, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, almost soulful um, songs and, and, and notes that Gary Coleman has to sing. And also Gary Coleman was very short. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why um, the the role is typically played by women. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like it's cool to play a real a per, someone based on a real character, but also kind of a little daunting because you're like I'm playing this person who's basically it's a it's a uh, an exaggerated version. Yeah, Everybody knows his line, right? And what if I'm not saying the way he does it? Everyone's like, that's not how he says it. He says it like this, and then I get nervous what are what is everyone else going to think but then at the same time it's like i'm playing a real person everyone else's character is made up mm-hmm. out of somebody's head so and so now we move on to jacob who plays one of the bad idea bears in the show and i guess the best way to describe the bad idea maybe you can do a better job at this jacob so tell us about the bad idea bears and the one that you play oh um i i always like to think of them as like the little angels and devils on people's shoulders sure Um, but it's definitely not two angels it's two little devils is basically how i'd say it. it's basically like those little intrusive thoughts you have in your brain like oh you just punched that lady right now because she's annoying or something that's a little dark but i feel like i've been slowly turning into my own character that (laughs) is out there sometimes i'll have some thoughts i'm like oh wait maybe i shouldn't do that (laughs) i shouldn't think that but (laughs) yeah um of all the characters in the show i because interestingly princeton even though he's kind of like the quote-unquote lead character in the show i really only directly interact with a couple people namely kate um and I have like very minor interactions with Christmas Eve and Brian and Gary momentarily, but the bad idea bears are two characters that I am consider. You are basically my inner voice, my inner saboteur. Um, it's like yeah, peer basically. pressure personified. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's been funny because sometimes like I'll forget that the scene where you guys are coming out is next and I'll be standing there and I'm like, and then I hear, hi, Princeton. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get away from these two, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right. You guys also have some very, very funny lines. Because, um, and I mentioned on a previous episode that um, for a while I struggled with addiction. And the bad idea bears, especially in the bar scene, are very much like my addiction talking through my head because it was it addiction is very much like you can have a little sip of that it's just a long island it's It's sweet it tastes delicious and so i'm like oh yep 
I have, I, I know these people. <laughs> <laughs> I relate I've heard, to those. I've heard these voices in my head before. <laughs> yep. Yeah. When I, uh, when I auditioned, though, um, for the show, I definitely, uh, for some reason, I, I really wanted, I was set on being Princeton, I swear. And, uh, but then, you know, I've been in musicals before and I know how it, how it all works. And it's like, it's most of the time I don't get the part that I want, which is fine because I always like seeing it from a different perspective and you're telling the story either way as a yeah. side character and we're all side characters at the end of the day. I shouldn't say. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a main character, character in my oh, head. Well, <laughs> um, but no, I could definitely see you as a Princeton. You have a very, and please don't take this the wrong way, but there's a very sweet innocence about you where it, it you remind me of Princeton a lot in just the way that you interact with the world around you. And that's just in the short time that I've known you since we've started this process. But you can tell that a lot of the people in the cast have a much darker spots in their minds, whereas you're yep. very much like, hi, guys, I want to be part of something fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but it's it's been great. It's been great being like a... I guess I guess you could say is a bad force being like a little the little uh, bears kind of being the it's just fun also getting to say those those some of those really lines. messed up things yeah it's just like no one else gets to say this me and me and the other bear get to say these okay cool it's almost <laughs> Let's like run the, with it it's almost like the comic relief of the show they come on they come in to break up the set and 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 uh, inject a little levity into the situation because sometimes the show can deal with get some heavy yeah yeah um, especially in act two it's like oh yeah <laughs> also you guys to me are the most like cartoony characters you're the ones that like if this was a tv show you would be animated yep definitely and you would just like pop up over my shoulders and trying to flick the wings off of yeah yeah <laughs> although i do have to say that um you know brian is a close second in terms of like air uh, characters that could be animated because definitely. he's, oh, he's yeah. very um he's very energetic because he's you know that's just the kind of personality that he has me trying to post that tiktok of you doing the underwear song what <laughs> your dance was so funny i was like cackling in my recliner trying to post this we video should, we should charge people to watch that video every time <laughs> personally i thought i could have done it better i'm still experimenting with that to be honest well good so. leave the audience wanting more yeah yeah you don't want to give it all away yeah practice so, Jacob, as long as you still have the mic in front of you, and, and, and this question applies to you specifically because uh, Christina and Brian play human characters in the show, what have been some of the challenges that you found with playing a puppet character um, or, and also some of the things that you've enjoyed playing a puppet character? Well, uh, I'll go, yeah, so the first thing I'd say um, the, hardest, the hardest part would be like just how to, how to deliver the lines, one, um, cause it's, you can take it multiple different directions with a, with like a, a puppet character. Um, it's also, it's also kind of, or at least for me and the other bear, I feel like we were both talking about how, like we have both similar lines and they're both like right next to each other. So it's like, Oh, do you say this first or do I say this first? And, and like one scene, she, she says something about beer. And then I say, I just literally repeat the same line that she says verbatim, almost verbatim. 
And then the next scene, and there's another scene that I say something, and then she re- like just basically recalls the same verbatim um, line that I do. So that, um, for our particular roles, I think that's probably one of the harder things. But uh, yeah, again, w- when I said earlier was the just like how the, the delivery of the line sometimes um, can be. I just remember just reading them and just going, man, with a puppet, you can do, you can carry, you can do it this way, you can do it that way, you sure. can do it, and it still kind of makes sense in a, in a, in a way. Um, and but I've never also performed with a puppet, so this is also like something I'm really excited about. It's just getting on stage and working that puppet and practicing this past past couple of weeks with the puppets. It's been fun, and I'm excited to see the. We're on the practice puppets now, but I'm, I can't yeah. wait for the performing performing ones. Yeah, and you you brought up like with the bad idea bears. A lot of times, um, that's an added layer of complexity that I'm glad I don't really have to deal with. Is the line juggling because it is written in the script where you guys have to know what lines are we saying together? Mm-hmm. What line is it supposed to be the girl bear by herself? And then when does it turn? Cause a lot, and it's never just like girl bear, then boy bear, then together. It's like together, girl bear, together, boy bear, girl bear, Princeton, together. Kate, boy bear, girl yeah. bear. <laughs> so it's like you're juggling okay. on top of everything else you have to be doing, holding the puppet, moving the arms, mm-hmm. how close. Cause I know Jenny is always like, get closer to Princeton, get closer to Princeton. Get your puppet up, get your yeah. puppet up. Get get your your puppet up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, conversely, uh, Brian, uh, we'll throw to you first and then Christina, um, you are not a puppet character in the show. You're one of three human characters. So there's you, Brian, there's Gary Coleman, and then there's Christmas Eve, um, played by Alyssa, who we, uh, talked to in a, in a previous episode, but tell us about the, um, uh, working with puppets and some of the, uh, struggles that you've had, or, um, some of the things that you've enjoyed working with puppets and interacting with them. So I guess I could say the difference in between like, you know, talking with a puppet versus talking to just essentially another actor in this case is that you've got to be able to find the chemistry in between uh, all the puppets or the people that you're working with. Because there are a lot of pairs with some of the characters in these shows or, you know, the characters that have a lot of interactions with each other. So you have uh, Bad Idea, Bears, Boy, and Girl. Mm-hmm. You have Princeton and Kate. You have Brian and Christmas Eve. But then you've also got your mixes like Rod and Nikki, or you have Brian and Princeton, or you have Kate and Christmas Eve. Um, being able to... It, it's a challenge trying to make it all look like the humans and the puppets are existing in the same sort of world because an audience member might come into the show with an actor having a puppet, but they might still see the human character, but the actor wants to try and convince the audience that it's the puppet they want to focus on and Mm -hmm. that it's those puppets interacting with the humans that are interacting in this show, um, that they are the characters that need to be focused on and that they are the ones that are given the spotlight within the show. Mm -hmm. So trying to find that convincing, um, ground in which we can uh convince everyone that this is a oh this is a fun loving world that you could probably remember watching on sesame street or anything like that it's um 
that's the kind of tone that I think is the biggest challenge in, so far. In talking to Joe Cardamone, who was the music director of the show and also was involved with the production here of Avenue Q about 10 years ago, he did say that in, in his experience with that production, that the audience members tend to um, uh, tune out the human person that's holding a puppet and really focus on the puppet. And I think that that's fair because... Um, I think when people see puppets, they want to believe that the puppet is the character. I mean, you see ventriloquists, you see um, Sesame Street. And, you know, another point we talked about was um, Sesame Street has the luxury of, you know, they can film something and do multiple takes, but they're also, you don't see the actors in the puppets. You just see the puppets themselves. So it, it, it is, a, you know, it is kind of a strange um, way to look at it. But um, I hope that people will just see the puppets but also appreciate the fact that the human operating the puppet is working very hard to convince you that you should be focusing on the puppet yeah and it's this weird like as an actor almost counterintuitive type thing mm -hmm. because when you're an actor you want to be seen like the the reason you're on stage is because you want people to see you so now to be in a show where my job is to kind of disappear so that you're only focusing on this thing on my hand is a very weird thing, especially too, because I'm a very facial actor and my puppet doesn't really have a moving face other than the mouth. So I'm trying to convey all of my emotions and because I don't want people necessarily looking at my face for emotional cues, I'm trying to convey it more through voice and like, inflections and how I say certain sentences so that yeah and then like using the puppet's head to like tilt to the side to convey mm -hmm. something or like moving its arm in a certain way to convey this thing and that's been a crazy challenge to have to like kind of fade behind the puppet and realize that this is one of the few shows where it's okay to cover my face. It's okay to have this character in front of me because it's not about me. It's about Princeton. Right. Um, Christina, how about you? What are your, if any struggles or obstacles with um, having to work with puppets and also the things that you might enjoy? Um, the struggle with me, um, just recently I found out when we started using puppets, is actually making sure my focus is on the puppet and not the person who's controlling the puppet. Mm -hmm. Because I keep wanting um, to look at, like, Alex. I want to look at you in the face or um, whoever I'm, whoever's a puppet, I want to look at them. Especially, like, first I start off and I'm looking at the puppet and then all of a sudden they're saying something and I think it's so funny that I, my focus turns to them. I'm like, oh, no, it has to go back to the puppet. And I have to keep reminding myself to look at the puppet, look at the puppet. So that's a challenge. And there's also several times where you have to hand a puppet a prop because yeah. you hand me keys, you hand me a telephone. <laughs> and so that must be, like... It's weird for me holding the puppet to have to accept an item from a, a person's hand into the puppet's hand. Yep. But it's also, I can't imagine as a person handing an object because your instinct is to give it to the other person's hand and yeah. not to this, this essentially a toy. You're yeah. handing an object to a toy. To a piece of felt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that That's very interesting that, because I... I and maybe it's just me. I 
I tend to look at the puppet, right? Because that's the that's the that's the payoff. But it's it's interesting to hear um, you, Christina, or anybody else who might be in the show where they're looking at the person. Because that's I guess that's the natural thing to do, right? You want to look at the person and make eye contact. The voice and that's is who coming from them, so they right. always want to. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, just the idea that like I'm focusing on the person because I'm having a conversation with them. Oh no, I'm supposed to look at the puppet. Um, is yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and I'm terrible because. On this rehearsal puppet, Princeton's eyes are a little bit higher on his head than I expect. So I, his eyes are not always looking at the person because my hand is just <laughs> positioned correctly. So he's just like, like he's he's looking look over up. the menu to order. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, and this question is for all of you, uh, Brian, Christina, and Jacob. What are your favorite songs in the show or favorite parts in the show, um, whether you're in them or not. We're really starting with me, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't right. have to. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I was just going to say something. But... Um, yeah. My, my absolute favorite part. I'm sorry. I, I just love my 29 second solo uh, with my not wearing underwear today song because, you know, Anytime that I get just to be goofy and just go all out, I'm just, yeah, it's the best. It's the best. And, and the perfect capper is your wife afterwards yelling, get a job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have to say that uh, <laughs> in preparation for the role, Brian has stopped wearing underwear as well. So this may or may not be true. <laughs> <laughs> Christina? Um. I have a couple of um, songs, I guess. Um, one of them is like uh, the song that Alyssa sings. Um, I think when she's singing to Kate Monster, uh, I love the, I love her voice in that. Um, and then the song is called "The More You Love Someone." The more you love um, I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know. I just I love the way she sings it, and her voice is so good in that one. Um, and then it's such a sad song that and um, the one Rod sings when he's trying to. Um, Are you talking about fantasy, fantasies come true? Yes. Yeah. It's, that's such a sad one. Um, and he <laughs> wants this fantasy to come true. And then you're like, oh, it's all a dream. Oh the God. ending tag, though, is so funny. <laughs> I love for me, I love the beginning of that song, especially when Aaron's doing it because he's so sweet and he's like, "Oh, Nicholas!" Yes, <laughs> it's so I love it. His voice, the way he does oh, that, it, I'm just like, "Oh, yeah!" It's like, "Oh, you sweet, cute little thing." <laughs> Boy, talk about one extreme to the other. We go from from the sweetness of of uh, fantasies come true, and the more you rough someone, to I like the song. I'm not wearing underwear. Today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Jacob, how about you? What's your favorite uh, number or part in the show? Um, funny enough, the one song that is always in my head, I'm not even on stage for, and for some reason I just love the just the whole in intricacies of the scene too. It's uh, um, life outside your apartment. Oh sure. Mm -hmm. I just I just mm. love the harmonies in it. I love the the different parts and the, all the like the flying comments that you get in the song. It's it, it makes you laugh. And it yeah, somebody's going to jump. 
Yeah. Don't do it. The that's a lot of fun because there's a lot of like back and forth between us on stage and then voices coming from backstage. Yep. I was gonna say, isn't it so cha- cha- chaotic on stage yeah. doing that whole song? Yeah, that's, and, and we haven't even really been able to practice it in its entirety because we can't necessarily hear what's coming from backstage. So it'll be it'll be interesting to hear um, when people are mic'd and that kind of thing. Fun and, fact: that's yeah. the train part that you woke up to, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's so funny that she <laughs> she auditioned based, oh gary coleman's on a train oh yeah I'll no problem <laughs> you know i could do that you know and uh yeah it's just no problem you go back and watch the rest of the show and you're like uh what did i sign up for <laughs> yeah um you know whether it's this show or other shows we're all uh, I call us theater rats. That's what we are. We're here all the time, and we spend a lot of our time in in theater and um, around theater. So, for the three of you outside of Avenue Q, do you have any um, bucket list shows or roles that you want to be in uh, community theater? Well, I think I talked about this. Um, well, I talked about this with you guys previously, but. Uh, one thing I like about some certain shows is that some of them have really challenging musical work sure. and such. And as someone who actually just recently graduated college in vocal performance, I always want to be presented with musical challenges, which is why I always thought a good bucket list show that I wanted to do was Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. It's a very good show and very challenging. It's a Sondheim show. Mm-hmm. Very dark. So from our last conversation to this one, what I have discovered is Sondheim is like the theater bar. That's where we all want to go. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's it's a wonderful bar to 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 want to aspire to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob, Christina. Oh, man, I, I was going through some of the shows that I I was thinking about. There's so many. Um, there's. I mean, one of them just kind of popped into my head, um, and it, for some reason, it's the only one that I haven't been in. But um, it's Little Shop. I always wanted oh, to be it's a Seymour. Great show. I want to be Seymour. <laughs> Sounds like you and I are just going to be rivals when it comes to theater because he's hey, also fine. one of mine. It's fine. If I'm in another show with you, I'll be happy without all of you guys Aww. here. Honestly. Way to go, Alex. <laughs> Competitive friendships. Friends become enemies. Right, enemies right, become right. friends. You bring the best out of each other. They, they just yeah. did, um, well, not just, but uh, um, what do you call it? Um, what's the show that you just... Little Shop. Thank you. Wow. I need to eat something. Um, Little Shop was done here at um, Lakeside Players about five or six years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think 2018 or 2019. I want to say it was just before the pandemic. And I did. I didn't come see the show, but I saw some um, video and some stills. And the uh, the plant was oh man, was it so cool? So I did get to see it live, and the guy singing the plant, yeah, incredible. Who was it? Do you know? No idea. Hmm. I also never actually saw them because they were just working the plant puppet. I wonder. We'll have to figure out who that was. Because um, I I know that I th- I think I know who it was, but I can't remember if it's this that production or a different theater anyway um christina um i actually don't have a show that i ever like dream of being in i guess a uh, wicked but that's, a show. that's <laughs> yeah but like 
one that's released to the public. It's not really. It's still, you know, on Broadway, and they don't have rights for it where you can um, do it at a community community theater. Um, but other, other than that, I don't have one. I, I guess I never saw myself as a main character. I just saw myself being more in the background. Um, unless it was a straight show, that was something I would go for. But other than that, nothing. I mean, even a straight show, I don't have an idea. So, Which I will say, um, because you and I, we've, we've hung out outside of the theater. And we've had a lot of conversations where you have expressed to me that you didn't know if theater was necessarily your bag because you were never getting the parts that you wanted and you just felt like you didn't have what it took to get the parts that you wanted. So I just have to say I'm so proud of you, especially this season, for the things that you have done. You've gone so far outside of your box. You have really shown that there is something in there and as long as you keep on going for it and you don't give up it can happen and so like you getting gary coleman even though it's something that i never saw for you necessarily i'm so proud to see that you're getting your moment front and center you get to really just belt to the audience you get to be that sassy character and you get to have that front and center moment like it's very cool to see your growth from being the mayor of Whoville? No, that's... Uh, uh, Munchkinland. Munchkinland. <laughs> and to now being... You have two entire songs to yourself, pretty much. Yeah, this is kind of your, you know, without... Uh, no, no pun intended, but this is your coming out party, so to speak. Oh. Um, I always feel like in, in, in theater, um, no matter how you feel about yourself you you're you're always going to get your shot at some point and sometimes you don't believe it's going to happen and sometimes it's not necessarily the part that you expected it to be um but you will always get your shot to sort of um uh break out and say i can do this or i i i didn't know i could do this and i am doing it and and it has been really cool to see you go from um what I've seen you do to this because obviously, you know, like I said, we, we, we did Charlie Brown together and, um, that kind of thing. But like, I know that you and I had conversations about, do I have what it takes to be in a show like this? And I, I, you know, I, I tried to encourage you as much as I could to say, you're a very talented person. You got to give yourself some credit, but also, you know, acting is breaking out of your comfort zone and doing things that you didn't think you could do. And um, it's been fun to watch. Um, and same thing with you, Brian. Um, not that you and I have a ton of experience together, but to go from playing Charlie Brown to being in this show. Um, and also one of the things that you and I talked about a lot in Charlie Brown was Charlie Brown was a lot about facial expression, right? Because Charlie Brown would fourth wall break all the time and look at the camera and make that, that kind of classic Charlie Brown face. Um, and you were very, very good at it. And I think that that lends itself to this, um, this role as well, that you have to be very big and very over the top. And, and it's just cool to see so many people in this cast who aren't necessarily the people that they are on stage, but they're, they're rising to the occasion so well. Yeah. Um, and you, Christina, you know, again, playing a, playing a person on stage is hard enough, but you're playing someone based on, 
um, a, a real person. And also, it's a very challenging role, um, vocally especially, because as Alex just alluded to, you've got two songs to yourself, and they're not easy songs to sing no. for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't envy you at all. <laughs> I, I don't envy myself sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and Jacob, it's... One thing we love about this theater and one thing that we really strive for in this theater is getting new faces in. Like, it's very easy for a theater to kind of have its little talent pool and every time a show comes around, we just draw the same 12 names from the talent pool. But what I love to see is faces that I've never seen around here before. And granted, I've only been here for a year, so there's a lot of faces that I haven't seen here before. But... For you to come in and kind of ingratiate yourself so seamlessly into this cast of crazy people that's made up of not just regulars at the roadie, but also outside actors like yourself. Um, And it's just become this seamless like party. Like we all laugh so much on stage, backstage, to the point where Jenny's yelling at us to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, too much and also it should be said you don't live very close by i mean you're 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 trekking um what burlington right you live out in burlington around around there yeah waterford area so it's not like you live a couple minutes away is it you know and that's the thing i'll i'll drive i'll drive anywhere to for theater i probably live (laughs) and that's the thing that i think people maybe sometimes gloss over is community theater um you know, and Jacob is just one example. People will drive. They will make whatever drive. Like, I just want to be involved. I just love being there. I just, it's the feeling that you have when you're there and you're on stage or backstage or whatever you're doing is indescribable. And if you think about, if you're not involved in theater, think about the thing that you love doing that it calms you down. It, it, it satisfies your soul, whether it's reading a book or um, taking your dog for a walk or spending time with your kids or painting or whatever. That's what theater is for people like us. We, this is, it's such a necessary thing that we don't, you know, we don't get paid to do this, but we'll drive from Burlington or Waterford or wherever, because we just love being involved. Which is a question I would like to pose to all three of you. And we'll start with Jacob. Um, what is it about theater that, makes you take that drive like why is theater so important to you um i would say there's uh, there's probably a lot of factors that play a part into that but um i just always liked it's kind of selfish saying it but i I always kind of like being the center of attention um even though i was the shy the shyest kid around but once i got on stage with the spotlight it was like Whoa, Jake's di- Jake's a different person now. What the hell? Sorry. Oh, sorry okay. We can get. Okay. Yeah, that okay. one's fine. Um, <laughs> so, so theater for you was a way to like crack the shy eggshell around you to be like. It's your way of like becoming getting more. out there. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. It's just a ball of anxiety most of the time, and <laughs> yeah, when I'm on stage, it just kind of. Yeah, I've that for a minute. Have you ever seen the movie The Mask, the Jim Carrey movie The Mask? I love that from 1994. Yeah, yes. which by the way, 1994 was a huge year for Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. Ace Ventura, The Mask, and uh, Dumb and Dumber. But anyway, a uh, different topic for a different day. Um, <laughs> I kind of liken your answer to that movie in that um, the character he played, Stanley Ipkiss, 
was just a very normal guy who wanted more from life and wanted to be spontaneous and exciting, but he never felt like he could ever break through that barrier. And then when he put on the mask, um, he was able to become his innermost desires and the person that um, he thought that he wanted to be. And I think that that's a very good point. It's not necessarily that you love being the center of attention um, more so than it is. This is my way of like being Stepping able outside right, myself. Right. Right. Be- because when you have social anxiety or you're, you're a shy person, it's, it's very difficult to, to be in situations with people where you can feel like you measure up to their, their um, level of being able to be expressive and be cool or be funny or whatever. But when you're on stage, man, it's just, it's like all bets are off and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of the show kind of thing. I, and I really dig that. Yeah. That was a great answer. Christina. Um, and I'm sorry, Jacob, I did not mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. Yes, he did. Um, Christina, you also, because you haven't just done theater at the roadie. Like you said, you worked with the children's theater. You did theater in school for a while. So what does theater mean to you? And you also are not just an actor. You will do backstage work as well, like building. Right now I'm also choreographing a show through my school district that I work at. So So what is it about theater that draws you in so much? What do you Um I I feel like it's another home. Um I think that um like through my life there's always been um instability. Um nothing has been stable. It's always been all over the place, moving a lot and um I think with theater that was something that I knew I always had. Um, and it gave me an outlet where nothing else did, um, made me, I knew that when I was going to rehearsal, I was always going to rehearsal. Um, I don't know. I, I love it. I love being in it. I love being surrounded by it. I love working in it. Um, I, it's just another home for me. So, and that seems to be like the constant theme that we get from people when we ask them questions. It feels like home and we have beat that point to death, but I always love hearing other people, especially unprompted other people echo that same sentiment that the theater feels like home because I could not agree more. Um, Brian, how about you? What, what does theater mean to you? Um, I'd say the situation that, or what really draws me into theater is probably very similar to um, Jacob's case. Um, it's always fun being center of spotlight, but I think there's also something that comes with uh, being a part of a show at theater that also allows you to reinvent yourself in a way, because sometimes you see flaws in your own like personal self or something that Maybe you want to change or try something to be different, and you can explore that option with being a different kind of character in a completely different setting, in a completely different time, however you want to do it. Um, that opportunity to allow yourself to be someone different, but that you're not completely disassociating with from yourself, it's one of a it's a one of a kind experience. Yeah, definitely. And the only way I can describe it to people who don't understand is I feel like we are all brush strokes in a larger painting 
And even though our breaststroke maybe is small or isn't as noticeable as the other breaststrokes, it's a detail that's there that if it were not there, you would notice. And that is so cool because to me, theater is like creating magic. It's like as close to real magic as people can get. We are coming up here and we are asking, I mean, in our case, we can see 300. We're asking 300 people to suspend their disbelief and just follow us on this journey as we get on this stage and we act a fool sometimes. <laughs> um, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just very cool that we have the power to do that and, and with our voices and with our bodies and with our artistic skills and our choices, we can take people on these journeys and we can make them laugh. We can make them cry. We can make them think. So I just think theater is so cool for that part. Yeah. And I have to say that one of the joys of doing this podcast and especially this Avenue Q series for lack of a better term is being able to talk to people involved in a show that, you know, for the the casual um, theater goer, you know, they'll come to the show and they'll look at their, their playbill and they'll, you know, and you see it sometimes when you're on stage, the, the person's looking at the person on stage and they're trying to find out who it is that is playing that person and read their bio. And I think this is a, a cool way to sort of um, introduce people and, and find out a little bit more about them because, we have the the very good fortune of working alongside some very talented um, people on stage who are obviously talented, but also they're just very good people. And that's what we want to do is is put a spotlight on people who don't necessarily get the opportunity to tell the world about themselves and and, um, you know, you get a couple of sentences in a playbill and, and sometimes it doesn't do enough to let people know, like, you know, outside of these three sentences in this playbill and the thing that they're doing on stage, this is a, this is a very cool person, a very nice person, it's a very good person. And so it's nice to have these chats with people because even for me, it's a surprise. Um, you know, you don't know everything about everyone that you work alongside on, uh, alongside with in a production. And so it's cool to have these conversations and and find out that we all have a love of theater, but we also all come from different places. And we all have different reasons, perhaps, why we do the things that we do. Um, it really struck a chord with me, Christina, when you said, you know, not having a lot of um, consistency um, in your childhood. And this was something like, when I do a show, I know that there, I have rehearsal, and I know that I have this, and I know that I have that. And that is so um, I, useful. I, yeah, and I... Mm -hmm. I relate to that so much because even as a kid, and, and I'm not talking about uh, theater, but like just going to school was one of those things. Like I know that I can always look forward to school. I know that I can always look forward to this. Um, so it, it's cool to hear these different perspectives from people because you never know um, just based on seeing them on stage or, you know, and, it, and it's cool. Obviously, when we did Charlie Brown, um, I got to talk to parents of of cast members and family members and just being able to see how proud family members and friends were of their kids their friends their their sons their whatever is uh, I, I can't put a, a a real definition on how cool that is but also 
watching other people on stage um, express themselves and 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 doing things that they didn't think they could do and entertaining a, a room full of people is one of the cool things um, in theater. And so, um, Jacob, we don't know each other that well, um, obviously, because this is your first show here. But it's been really, really cool, Christina and Brian and Alex, to be able to just um, observe the three of you um, and see how far you've come from being very um, early in your theater experiences to now. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but I was, you know, I was struck by the three uh, answers that we got because while they were very different, they were all very um, spot on because there's no wrong answer, but also there's a reason why this kind of thing strikes a chord with you, Jacob, and you, Christina, and you, Brian, and you, Alex, and me. Um, but it all intertwines because it's for the love of something that we all like doing. Yeah, that, and I will say, now that we are a few episodes into this, that has been consistently my favorite question to ask because we get different reasons for every person. And I mentioned on the the last one with Jenny and Joe that in my mind, I view everybody as like a book and everybody has a story to tell. And the only way you're going to find that story or learn that story or hear that story is if you crack open the cover and you let them tell you and you listen and every single person's story has value and meaning and you can take something from it whether it be a lesson from their experience or you know you can relate to them in some way and that's something that theater really allows us to do for two months we see each other almost more than we see our own families mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. just through the rehearsal process and like we're always in each other's faces and we're always like around each other. And it's been so cool to kind of get to sit down in a microcosm sense and really dig into you as individuals. Cause a lot of times with rehearsals, there's so much business going on that it's like, we don't have time to like sit down and chat. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate hearing your guys's answers and it, it means a lot to and I, I and i think your answers will mean a lot to the people listening to this as well it also sort of um you know alex was just saying that uh we spend a lot of time together in the rehearsal process but we don't necessarily get to know each other that well um i know it's difficult for me personally to to form relationships with people even in theater um and it's not for lack of trying but also this kind of being able to talk to people, um, fellow cast members and, and crew and, and, and hear their story really sort of fleshes out how, um, how much you appreciate working alongside people. Um, because again, you don't know anything about them per se, unless you develop a, a, a relationship or a bond with them outside of theater. But, um, this is the first time that the, all of us have had this conversation. So it, it, it makes you appreciate more what we're doing together um, on stage and backstage and everything else. So um, it's, it's really cool. And it's been the, the, the highlight for Alex and myself for, for doing this podcast. Um, 
to take it back to Avenue Q, mm-hmm. what are you most excited for people to see in the show? And I know we kind of hinted at this in for those who are following along on our social medias, Lakeside Players on Facebook and Roadie Center for the Arts on TikTok. You will see that we've been posting um, our Meet the Residents of Avenue Q videos where we're in a very shortened sense exploring like what people's favorite parts not the favorite part of the show, what you're most excited for people to come in and see. But I would like to get more in depth into that because there's so much in this show. And like, what are you excited for audiences to hopefully respond to? Um, I'm most excited because um, I feel like a lot of our characters are real people, um, not that real emotions from people. Um, I think that you know, there's hardship looking for jobs, um, trying to, when you love somebody, but they may not love you back. So you have this um, one-sided relationship going on, um, just trying to find your purpose as you're trying to do, as your character is trying to do, or somebody who's fallen out from being this well-known person to now is just living in the dumps, um, per se, um, I think that um, I feel like we can all relate to a character in a show, um, rather, or multiple characters, um, and really take something from the show. And you know, it, life is life is tough. Life is hard, but I think that, as the show says, you know, you 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 may not find your purpose, but that doesn't mean you give up you know your life is over you're you don't have meaning you just keep going you know with life and eventually you just need to be happy you know right um yeah i think with a lot of what christina says is that this show it's going to be really fun to be able to um especially since this theater is so close to the carthage college campus uh that since this show is geared so much towards people of that age mm-hmm. that are just about to go out into the real world for the first time, that this will present with them some real serious lessons that they're going to have to take with them. But also a bit of comedy in that, you know, you can't help but just look back and laugh about what's been going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we can blend the two together in the show is something really enjoyable that I think many people will appreciate and also can show that uh, there isn't a topic that we're afraid to cover at this theater. And that's interesting too, how the comedy lends to the poignance uh-huh. where it's like without us framing it in this very silly comedic way, these lessons would come off a lot more preachy I think, and people would not take them in or absorb them as much as they do. But when you frame it in such a silly fun, like through the lens of a children's show, trying like you're just teaching adults these adult things. Right. It's, it's an easier pill to swallow, I think. Yeah. And those messages tend to stick with you more because now you're relating it back to something that made you laugh. Yeah, it's basically everything that's exaggerated for the point of comedy. It's something I'd say that South Park has pretty much mastered at mm-hmm. this time. So. The master of satire? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian, before we move on to Jacob, um, to ask the question, um, I met your parents during the course of Charlie Brown. They came to see 
the show multiple times and they're lovely um people are they gonna come see uh avenue q oh yes they're already sharing everything that we're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my gosh they're already asking for like how many posters they can put up in places pretty much anywhere i can branch out into racine that would be great because we definitely could use more people um coming to see uh this show we need everyone here are they aware of your triple x scene up in the second um uh, i don't think so. <laughs> surprise <laughs> hi mom and dad i don't <laughs> i don't think so but you know i'm not gonna tell them that that's a i gotta keep some surprises for them right i think they'll be delighted um by just how outgoing you are in this show i think i think that if they take anything away from it i think it'll be that um hopefully they know that it's just acting and that you know the stuff isn't really going on but anyway um jacob yeah well you know i'm really excited Uh, i'm really excited for just kind of how i mean i liked how christine christine put it as like um just like kind of the message of the whole show um, is like a pill that I feel like there's a lot of people out there that need it, especially like, like you guys said with the college students and everything. But um, I'm going to be 28 this year and I still, I still look at some of those stuff and I go, man, this is, this is a hard pill to swallow, but it's actually kind of true. Like it's kind of making me think, Oh wow. Okay. That memory wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, or that wasn't as embarrassing as it could have been, you know, I kind of overplay it in my brain a little bit. And I think that's kind of, it's kind of what this show is. Some of those moments it's like, Whoa, it could have been like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Um, I had no idea you were 28. I honestly thought you were like 21, 22. Wow. I, I, you would have fooled me too. You're right. <laughs> it <laughs> always seems like that. I'm one of the youngest people in all these casts. And I'm like, am I really that young next to everyone hey, else? You, you said you were 22, 23. I was like, what? No, I thought you were 32, <laughs> I'm 33. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't believe it either. <laughs> um, the, the Christina is the one that I remember walking into Wizard of Oz and our in i guess show business they call it a meat cute um i was picking up <laughs> i was grabbing a chair to sit for the read through of wizard of oz and this girl comes up and she takes the chair out of my hand <laughs> and takes it away and i was like not this to a child who needed it <laughs> well that's not how i remember it <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being like, not this little high schooler taking this chair out of my hand. And then later I hear you say you were working at the school. And I was like, working at the school? You mean what attending you? the school? Yeah. And then it f- turns out you're older than me. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and you don't have to share your age, Christina. But no. it is it is pretty jarring to know what your real age is versus how young you look. Yeah. Um, Cause I would have thought that you were a teenager when I first met you. And then when you were like, no, I'm not, I'm this, I'm like, what? Yep. You're, you're pulling my leg. Yep. I'm 34. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? Willis? Yeah. <laughs> that was my reaction pretty much. <laughs> Um, 
And we're going to start wrapping up here uh, momentarily, but Avenue Q, uh, presented by the Lakeside Players, is being done here at the Rody Center for the Arts. It opens February 16th, uh, which is a Friday, and then it runs for three weekends. Now, um, knowing that everyone that we're talking to today, Brian, Christina, and Jacob, you're all in, because um, this is this show was double cast, and so you're all in... Um, not necessarily in the same cast. So maybe you can tell the folks out there what days that you're performing in the show. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, so I'm a part of cast a out of the two different casts that we have and the dates in which I will be performing with my cast will be on March 16th, March eight. No, February 16th, my bad, February 16th, February 18th, February 24th. And March 2nd, which is actually going to be a day in which I'm switching casts with uh, my counterpart, um, who is also going to be playing Brian and the, Brian and the other cast. Oh, I didn't see that coming. And then uh, Christina and uh, Jacob, you're both in cast B, so when are those dates for you guys performing? Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing February or 17th, Saturday. Um, at 7.30, February 23rd, Friday um, at 7.30. Sunday, February 25th, um, it's at matinee, too. And then Saturday, March 2nd, which is also at Saturday. Surprise, 7:30. you guys get me for closing night. Yay. <laughs> and it, I do want to say, um, we are mentioning, we're using the terms cast A and cast B. And this is in no way any kind of commentary on the talent level of the cast. It's just how we're indicating the two separate casts. Yeah. It could be yeah. cast one, cast two. It could right. Be, you know, yeah, absolutely. Cause they're yeah. equally talented yeah. and you're going to get an, a phenomenal show regardless of what day you come on. Um, with all of our talk of college, um, we actually on February 17th have a college night that we are having a special for. If you go on to roadiecenter.org to buy your tickets and you use promo code LSP college, you will get $5 off of your ticket mm. um, for that night. Specifically, it does not work for every night. It's only for Febu February 17th. Um, so make sure if you are a student in college and you are getting your life right and you're hopefully not getting a BA in English, um, I wish I could go back to college so I could get that deal, right? <laughs> Five bucks off of a musical theater ticket? Are you kidding me? I know, right? Good grief. Well, um, on behalf of uh, Alex and myself um, and the Roadie Roundtable, want to thank all of you again, Brian, Christina, and Jacob, for chatting with us for um, a little while and telling us a little bit more about yourselves and your experiences with uh, Avenue Q. Um, again, which opens February 16th here at the um, Rody Center for the Arts. We're really, really excited to um, to do this show and uh, to for all of you to see it. But I'm I I just gained a much bigger appreciation for the show and everyone that we've been talking to here today because um, it's nice to to hear um, about you guys. So thanks for joining us here today. Thank you guys. Thank you, Thank you so much us. for having us. And uh, for all of you listening out there, this has been the Roadie Roundtable presented by Lakeside Players. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. 
Bye. Bye bye.